Hello and welcome to the Seven Bytes podcast, created and hosted by Seven Psychology at Work. Positive change with purpose for people at work. We're based in Dublin and we have a global reach. In this podcast, you'll get to meet some of our expert team, hear about their specialisms and top tips, and also hear about our views on the current issues our clients are facing at work. I'm Ross, a business psychologist, and I love being part of the Seven family. I'm Kevin. I've been lucky enough to have been with the Seven team since 2014. In that time, I've gained a broad view of the Seven world. I've worked as a research psychologist, a project manager, and most recently as a business psychologist. I'm Emma, and I'm a part of the research team at Seven. I'm really passionate about conducting and analysing psychology-relevant and up-to-date research on behalf of our clients across our specialist areas. Our guest today, Joanna Fullerton, is a business psychologist and the founder of Seven Psychology at Work. Joanna has over 30 years of consulting and coaching experience in a range of public and private sector organisations. And Joanna is an authority on diversity and inclusion as well as leadership and drives Seven's mission of enabling positive change for people at work. So welcome Joanna, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I'd love if you could start by introducing yourself to the listeners and telling us where the Seven story began. Thanks a million Emma and it's lovely to be here and it's great to have the opportunity to talk about the seventh story and lovely to have you as part of that story. Yeah. <laughs> so the story started for seven, 14 years ago and mm-hmm. um, but as you have noted it's over 30 years ago that I've been in professional practice as yeah. a business psychologist and so 14 years ago this month actually is when Seven started. And so that was when I transitioned from being the uh, equity partner of a global occupational psychology practice. And after 18 years there, decided, which shocked the boots out of everybody, that I was going to step off that practice and set up Seven. Okay. And one thing I do get asked a lot and is something which our listeners might be wondering, as it's a relatively new branch of psychology, what is a business psychologist? Well, it's interesting you should ask that question because I've been back in Ireland 27 years, I believe, as a business psychologist and 32 years ago when I came back to Ireland having qualified as a business psychologist in the UK and I came back then to get a job as you would be doing now Emma at your stage of your career and people were saying to me what is a business psychologist yeah and they still do as well (laughs) (laughs) and there were no practices um, even the niche boutique practices there there really wasn't that concept of the business psychologist internally or externally as a consulting so that is why I went back to the UK joined a practice there and learnt my trade and I suppose with a business psychologist, you can do so many things. But in terms of my career, it's really supporting people at work to be at their best. And whether that's from the culture with diversity and inclusion, having you know, building a fair and inclusive culture, or whether that's working with individuals or working with teams to enable them to be at their best, or working with the, the values and the, the broader context in terms of uh, individuals, teams, values, values in action. Um, and that's where we have focused on business psychology, but other business psychologists might be focusing on your chair, 
you know yeah. and is your chair ergonomically sound for you okay interesting yeah it definitely spans across a mm. wide amount of areas as does every area in psychology mm. because it's the study of human behavior and, mm. and the mind uh, but what was it that made you decide to pursue a career in business psychology well I've had a few years to think about that one yeah <laughs> and I think what it was there's a couple of factors so we're shaped by many things we're shaped by where we grew up, we're shaped by the family within which we grew up, we're shaped by the context and what was going on in society at the time when we grew up. And I grew up in a factory town. So when I was growing up in Bunkrana and Donegal, we had, and somebody will correct me on this, but we had at least three shirt factories and t-shirt factories wow. in the town. And I was completely fascinated by what was going on in there because mm -hmm. I also worked in the family business so I would have been on the main street a lot in mm -hmm. Bunkrana and at one o'clock the doors would open and the street would fill with all the workers would come out at one o'clock go have their lunch and at two o'clock on the button the street would fill again as they all came out of their homes and back into the factories and the doors were closed wow and I was completely fascinated by what is going on in there. Mm -hmm. And then I also grew up in a family business. So business was part of my DNA. And um, so when I, I believe that I became a business psychologist unknowingly because of that background. Mm -hmm. It's business, big factories, production, people. Why, what motivated all those Women mainly, actually, there were men, but a lot of women mm -hmm. to go in there every day and give their lives to this factory. Wow, so very interesting. So it's that why factor then for mm. you. And I know earlier you mentioned, so the seven story began 14 years ago, um, and that was as you transitioned uh, into seven in your mm. own career so I'd love for you to take me back to that time of when you founded seven and for you what was the the driving force behind that gosh there were so many there were so many so I had had 18 years um, as I said I went to, back to the UK joined a practice learned my trade mm -hmm. um, learned so much worked with great people and became a chartered uh, psychologist in yeah. the work and organizational field and then uh, returned to Ireland as part of that practice and set up for them. So the first 18 years of my career was learning my trade, you know, um, and becoming a professional business psychologist. But I was also um, part of a group, a partnership that was quite entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And so we set, set up the Dublin practice, there was um, then the US practice, there was a, again a presence in Paris as well. And that was an amazing time and I looked after the setup and the running of the Dublin practice and I learned so much and we looked after so many clients and it was an absolutely, you know, foundational stage of my career. Yeah. And then a number of factors came into play in terms of uh, personally what was going on for me. I had a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And for a number of years, I've been on airplanes a lot. Um, so going to clients, going all around the world, going over to the UK. Um, and then in terms of what was happening in terms of the psychology I was delivering. Mm -hmm. And I was becoming 
very distant from the psychology sure. and much more about a business leader mm-hmm. and being part of growing the business and where that business would go next. And uh, for me, it was really important at that stage to go, I actually can press pause, step off this trajectory, set up another practice and become closer to the psychology again and integrate it with my life. Yeah, brilliant. And mm-hmm. as you say, I mean, staying close with the psychology, you know, keeps it very evidence-based as well, which is brilliant. Uh, but can I ask, why the name Seven? The name Seven? Yes. Yes. At that time, so as I said, and I'm probably moving around, but I, I joined psychology practice in the early 90s Mm -hmm. and then I came back to Ireland um, very early in my career to set up a practice here and then after 18 years in that practice I decided to step off and a a number of moments in that my career those two being two of them people would say to me what are you doing that's crazy that this is not the right time to do it um, you shouldn't do that and, and I'm not sure it's the best career decision or life decision. And when I had decided to step off my previous practice in that moment before Seven was born, I got the same response. People were saying, we're on the cusp of a global recession, you've invested 18 years in that brand and that, you know, in that practice, why not? It's not right. And then it made me reflect that every seven years I did something very dramatic in, in terms of a shift. Yeah. There wasn't a small change. I changed a lot and learned a lot every year. But it was a shift that from the outside in didn't make sense to other people. But from the inside out, for me, from a values base, mm. it really made sense. And it was hard. And it wasn't, it was, it wasn't an easy decision to make. But always with hindsight, they were the right decisions. So when I had made that connection, then in terms of naming Seven, I was actually out to dinner um, with my sister-in-law, who was a a brand design agency, and her husband. And they said, and what are you going to call this new practice? And out of nowhere, I said, Seven. Because I realized that in my seven cycles, I had taken a positive change with purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, positive change might sound easy. This change isn't easy, but I had made a shift and it was positive. And I thought, well, isn't that what Seven is about? The company is about. It's about enabling positive change with purpose for people in work. And so Seven was born in terms of the name Seven that evening over dinner. Wow. And... You know, you mentioned the almost motto of Seven is to enable the positive change mm. and how you managed to do that for yourself in that moment as well. Uh, it was funny, it made me think of nearly a compass, an internal compass that you had directing you to this new avenue. Mm. Um, so what would you say you're most proud of in terms of Seven? I think that I'm proud of Seven, full stop. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm proud of... I'm proud of the creation of Seven, the team that's in Seven, and the wonderful people that 
we work with and in terms of we work with within Seven and then the wonderful clients and people that we have the privilege of working with who are the clients of Seven. I think I can't pick out a moment other than we should be proud of ourselves. So we've talked a lot about Seven. Um, but I was just wondering, uh, you know, I'm finishing my undergrad now in psychology and, you know, with psychology itself, there's so many avenues I can take. Uh, and the general consensus within uh, my peers is that feeling of being overwhelmed or the uncertainty of it all. So as someone who's in that early career stage as a psychologist, what advice would you give to me? Nah. You see, and I famously asked this of my father, who was mm. my first ever boss and leader. Yeah. And I always remember him saying to me, and I, who would I be to tell you how to live your life? Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time really wanting his pearls of wisdom, sure. but in reflection, thinking, what, a, what an insightful answer. Mm. Um, and so as you ask me that, it just reminds me of him saying that to me. So the best advice I can say is to, to stay curious and open and insightful and to trust your own values and let them guide you. Mm. And, you know, in terms of what brings you joy and what brings you passion, do that. And as you've heard from my story, I didn't always follow the outside in advice. No. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Um, and you mentioned about what brings you joy and passion mm. and to, to go with that. I'm just interested in finding out what brings you joy and, and passion within Seven. Is there any particular projects that you really love working on or is there a dream type of project that you have? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I really love enabling our clients, be they an individual, be they a team, be it a department, be it an organ, you know, a whole organizational um, element. I love just creating the space for them to be their best, whatever that means. And, there, and then there are moments when I feel with our clients, we're in real partnership, we're in real collaboration, and we're challenging each other in a positive way to be at our best for each other. And they're the moments. I mean, and I remember actually my first, that first feeling of this was in my first ever uh, leadership development program where I wasn't the designer or the administrator or the coordinator of the program, but I was actually a coach on the program. And I remember at, we had the CEO in at the beginning to launch the program, then we had something like a four-day experiential event, and we each were partnered with a number of leaders and we were coaching them through it. And one of the leaders that I was coaching confided and shared how difficult they found it to speak up in front of hierarchy. Mm. And at the final day of the leadership development program, the CEO came back in to close the event. And this leader asked a question. Wow. And I could have flown home that night. I was <laughs> like, this is amazing work. To have been part of the team and the program that created the space for this leader to be vulnerable and to speak about, 
you know, what they felt was holding them back. And then to feel equipped to actually take that one step forward. Um, in, you know, in a form that they, they find quite threatening. Yeah. To me, that's what it's about. Now, that was one individual leader. Sometimes it's a team. Anything that enables them to be their best selves, to thrive. Yeah, wow. And as you said, the work, it's very impactful, you know, even just hearing that one story and even creating that for one person mm. and you feeling that you could just leave at that point. Um, well, it's, I mean, isn't it a gift? I mean, yeah. there's a song, um, an old song, that if I can help somebody along the way, mm. my living is not in vain. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's very noble as well, oh, a oh. noble career path. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, you encounter leaders as well. Um, so as someone who does encounter leaders on a weekly, if not daily basis, would you be able to tell me about a leader that inspires you and why? Yeah, it's, I can. <laughs> but nobody's going to know him. Okay. And, and then just interesting where you, you are, Emma, in, in your stage of career, mm. I remember uh, doing my master's uh, late 80s and I was in the library writing an essay on leadership mm-hmm. and at that stage it was all about extroversion, energy, okay. edge, you mm-hmm. know, execution. So quite sharp elbows, right, yes, yeah. very extroverted sharp, right, this is what it's about. And I remember thinking, oh my, you know, that, 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 as I said earlier, the first boss I ever worked for was my father, and he was a humble leader, a servant leader. And, but what I realized that probably 10 years later is that the academic literature caught up with my father in Donegal because mm-hmm. it then celebrated empathy and no ego. Mm-hmm. Um, so the great leaders that I admire have energy, passion, execution, empathy, and care. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. And actually one of my questions I did have here was about thinking about when you were a child, um, did you have any of ambitions for the future? Um, and if so, were there any that you have pursued or would still like to pursue? Um, I know you did mention earlier about the, the factory and the memory of mm. just the understanding of the driving force behind that but I'm just wondering was there anything else that stood out to you then in terms of what you would like to pursue? Um, I did want uh, to do architecture at one stage um, but that wasn't to be because of my gender at that time mm-hmm. um, and and I did want to be an inventor <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted to imagine what was next before it became um, and was furious I didn't invent the colour TV when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting that you say that though, because in a sense you have, I mean, you're one of the, you know, the drivers of change in, you know, in Ireland still, mm. business psychology, it, it's still quite recent. And mm. um, so it's interesting that you say you'd like to invent something. I wonder, have you done that already? I'm interested to know about your own career journey as well. Um, so what have been some of the peak moments uh, and the times of challenge in your career and what did you learn from them? The, the peak moments where I would imagine, now that I'm, I'm thinking out loud, Emma, 
the the peak moments were the moments after the big scary change mm-hmm. uh, you know that is that daring to change and you know realizing that what you're doing doesn't have a roadmap and from the outside and people don't think it's the right time or the right thing to do and the peak moment for me have been I don't know what the timeline is but like say six months or a year later looking back and going wow that that now with hindsight that was a little crazy but wow hasn't it paid off for us all mm-hmm. um, and it's those moments of hindsight when you kind of take stock and go, what was this about? And it's those moments where the reflection for Seven is when we made decisions, either in the setup of Seven or after that, we made decisions that were so strongly aligned to our values and what we cared deeply about. And sometimes commercially people thought, oh, is that the right decision? And you might be in the moment of that and it doesn't feel like a peak moment. Mm. But afterwards you go, yeah, actually, that was the right decision. Yeah, and I suppose it's that aligning to what your your inner values and, and yeah. what your true self wants. Yeah. Um, so lastly, to make the most of the fact we do have you here today, I'm wondering if you could give some advice to our listeners. Uh, what would you say to someone who may be unsure about their chosen career path or who is unhappy at work at the moment? I think you know what I'm going to say. What do you think I'm going to say, Emma? <laughs> Go with what you want to do. And don't listen to, to the outside in. And seek counsel. Seek counsel. Have, have somebody who will sit with you that can, can be with you to be curious and compassionate and galvanizing and you know, challenging to create the space for you to stop and to take stock. You know, I often say in the work that we do is that um, with our, a lot of our clients um, and ourselves, but we're running on our hamster wheels. Yeah. And the work that we do here at Seven, whether it be on individual coaching or team coaching or leadership development or inclusion, is that we almost like take a pen and stop the hamster wheel. Yeah. And create the space to go, where are you going? Why are you going there? Why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. Um, is this the way to get there? Are there other ways to get there? What are the things that you might consider that are different? And so that people then through that space can then decide, actually, this is where I want to go, or this is absolutely where I want to go, but I'm, I'm running on the wrong hamster wheel to get there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's my advice, is create the space, create those trusted people around you to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, when they matter because it's very easy for us to say that our purpose is to enable positive change sure. for people at work yeah that can, that takes work mm-hmm. it takes work to discover what are my values what do I really care about where is it that I want to go what is my purpose personally or what's my purpose as a leader mm-hmm. that takes space and work so that we can more mindfully go forward so much for your time Joanna. Uh, I'll put any other details uh, that we have about you in our show notes for the episode uh, if anyone does want to find out a bit more about Joanna and her work but otherwise have a lovely evening everyone.